Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and ed tech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 252. I'm excited about today's show. We're going to be talking about a topic we have never in a 252 episodes discussed and dealt with. Today, we're going to be talking about building those mid-year relationships with your administrators, your supervisors, your district level administrators, and how to keep those relationships alive when it comes down to your teachers, especially now that they're moving into standardized testing worlds. I wanna say thank you to everybody who reached out to us last week in Florida at FETC. We had a great time. The workshop was amazing. The food was great. The trip to Disney was kind of fun. Had a lot of time uh, to, to get to see everybody, meet a lot of great educational podcasters. The booths were fantastic, and I walked away with a lot of business cards. So stick around this podcast over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be having a lot of FETC wrap-ups and rundowns, getting some a lot of getting a lot of people to come onto the show to talk about the great things that are happening in education these days. You can, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and we are in the middle right now of transitioning to a brand new TeacherCast website. A lot more about that information as we go through. So don't forget to like and subscribe and share the show with your friends. Lots of great stuff happening over here at askthetechcoach.com. If you're looking for a brand new way to, to introduce yourself to this coaching world, you can head on over to askthetechcoach.com, scroll down to the bottom, and of course you can join our Instructional Coaches Network. We have one on Facebook, we have one on LinkedIn, and of course, we would love to have you join us each and every week. We've got some great questions, some polls. We're doing some live webinars, and we're even joining up with other coaching Facebook groups to do some webinars this spring. So looking forward to having you join us for that. And again, thank you guys for being here and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. My first guest today and I met on Facebook in one of those coaching groups. We started talking a little bit about this topic of building relationships, and we both came up with this idea that... Yeah, no matter how you look at this, coaching and coaching programs are built on that relationship scale. How well can you get into a classroom, be effective, and really start to change the culture or society the way that your district is looking for it to be changed and, and, and updated a little bit? I want to bring on today Ms. Yasha Chapman. Yasha, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so I'm Yasha Chapman. I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia. I am the CEO and founder of Elementary Education Evolved, and we are a consulting business that's on a mission to decrease the academic achievement gap for elementary minority students. And we also have a focus on helping retain elementary school teachers as 
providing support for instructional coaches. And so that's what we do in the world of education. And I'm all about providing support, professional development, and just getting the awareness out uh, that our teachers and coaches both need to equip our students. You know, retention, especially this time of year, is a hot topic. It's certainly one that I would love to have you back on and do on this show because there are a lot of teachers that are switching and changing. And even a few weeks ago, we did a show on, you know, coaches going back into the classroom. Talk to us briefly about how you're helping out coaches these days. Uh, what are some of the, the services that you offer? What are some of the things that you and other coaches are working on these days? So what I do is provide professional development training for coaches, specifically coaches who are new to their to their field. Um, so we provide training like how to transition from being a classroom teacher to a coach, um, navigating your relationships when you may have been a colleague and worked side by side with one. But now the next year you're their coach and you're responsible for their growth and their professional development. So we provide trainings on how to navigate that, how to analyze data, um, helping teachers identify the gaps and um, just culturally responsive training as well, um, your mindset, uh, all the things that coaches need. And we also provide customization and tailored trainings specific to their district needs or their school needs as well. Well, we're looking forward to learning more about that as the show progresses and also want to bring on to our show our next co-host, Miss Christina Cockrell. Christina, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How are you doing these days? Uh, I'm doing great. So um, I am an education consultant, also a school counselor. Um, I've been in education for just about 10 years now. Um, I, through my consulting company, Persist Education Services, I work with educators to help build stronger systems of support for students. Um, I work with teachers, I work with coaches, I work with administrators, and the goal is to bridge that uh, relationship and strengthen that relationship between homeschool and uh, really providing those resources to uh, meet the needs of the whole child, right? Learning how to communicate with families and really getting them involved in the school environment. You know, one of the things that you had just mentioned is making sure that we're taking care of whole child, making sure that we're taking care of every part of this. Yes. I'm curious, yes. now that we're past that holiday season and we're running into those you know, the longer part of the school year, what are some of the things that you're focusing on or what are some of the things that are creeping up now that might not have been there in the fall when school was still kind of in that brand new stage? Ooh, that's a great question. So um, I think there's always um, this period where uh, we all get a little fatigued, right? Um, students get fatigued, teachers get fatigued, administrators, we all collectively reach this point where, we're, where we need a refresh, a restart. And I think starting back at the basics, a lot of times at the beginning of the new semester, especially right after that winter break, right? There's this need to regroup and reestablish norms and reconnect with your students. Um, as a school counselor, I touch base with students all the time. And winter break and winter in general, depending on where you live, is not always the best time of the year. Um, and so just keeping in mind the different situations that students experience and, you know, 
two, three weeks at home, maybe their circumstances aren't the best. Um, just keeping all of that in mind, really taking the time to regroup and refresh with your students. Those things that you do at the beginning of the year to build those relationships with your students um, and to check in with them and get to know them, those are the same things that you can come into the new school, uh, the new semester and really uh, start the semester off that way. Um, just to try to build that that momentum back up. It's such an important topic these days, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a coach, I always fear this time of year, right? You start mm -hmm. off the school year, you, you, you make your norms, as you mentioned, you, you, you know, we're getting in, we're getting reacquainted, we're figuring out things. They need you because kids don't know how to use their Chromebooks or their digital learning software or any of that stuff. And then there's that time where, thanks, I got it. And you just kind of let them go. And we call that November. And then mm -hmm. you have this, don't bother me. It's, it's the holiday season. And you're like, okay, fine. And now you're ready to go, right? Like we had a couple weeks off in December. January comes, you're ready to go. And they're like, hold on, I got to, I got to reset those norms. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you get back in the classroom with them, or you, you sit down for those one-to-one -one meetings, they're like, Hey, but we got midwinter break coming up, or we got standardized testing coming up, or we got all of those things. And I think one of the things that we can do to help with this situation is to keep those relationships alive with our administrators. You know, we were talking about this before the break. We, we, we've done these shows where you build your relationships in the summertime with your principal. You sit down. What do you need? What do you want? What's the school improvement plan looking like? All of those different things. And then you start the year knowing that you're going to be the person in the classrooms to help support your principal's goals. And here we are in the beginning of the longest part of the year where you've got bumps, you got standardized testing, you got field trips, you got all these things coming up. Yasha, as a coach, how can you do that check-in one more time with your administrators? I mean, should we be out there advocating for our program? Should we be out there advocating for our teachers? Should we be knocking on that principal door saying, I know you're busy, but we got to sit down and reconnect. It's been five or six months. Like, what's your, what's your, 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 your theory on reconnecting with administrators? Oh, I for sure believe you should be an advocate for your teachers. Um, actually, that's like one of the titles I take on. I am an advocate. I am a bridge between the administration and the teachers. Um, but one of the things that you can do to go back to that, I wholeheartedly believe check-ins should be regularly. Um, as a coach myself, I would do check-ins three times, at least three times a quarter. And that's once at the beginning of the quarter to just reset and where we are in terms of our school goals, in terms of where we are with our district goals and how much traction have we made. Let's look at our data. Are our students where we want them to be? Are they reading at the proficiency level where they should be at this time of the school year? And so we have those meetings to check in to like a, get a pulse on where we are in terms of our, our plan. And do we need to create a strategic plan to expedite the process? Because at this point in the year, what we all know, we have spring break coming up 
not too many holidays, but you still have some time off. But time is of the essence now. So we really have to get on it and close those gaps if they if they are present. And so we have to get focused in the work, focused in the data and really focusing in on what development teachers need to push them to that finish line that will help push their students. So for sure, um, checking in with their administration, making it mandatory, making it, uh, you know, sending them calendar invites. Hey, this is a regular routine thing. You know, we're going to meet uh, three times within this quarter. And this is the objective each and every time we meet to get that pulse and to see where we are. So it sounds like you're the one running this administrator meeting. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it. But in, in that case, I have to because we have to be on the same page. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, Fortunately, the good thing about being a coach is you are a part of administration. You should have that type of relationship with your leader to where you can say, hey, I know I know you're busy. I'm we're all busy, but this is important, too. And we have to make time for this. And based on your relationship with your administration, of course, they will respect that um, respect that you have goals that you're also trying to meet, that your teachers have goals that they're trying to meet. So they have to make it a priority. Christina, what's your f theory and philosophy here? I mean, should you be proactive? It, it sounds like Yasha's taking on the role of, you know, assistant, 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 assistant administrator, which I love that. I, I encourage that. Where do you fall on the subject? Yeah, so I'm I'm a combination, right? I, I think, you know, just in any relationship, it takes two, right? And so when you think about the, the relationship that the administrators have with their staff, you know, when we talk about having a shared vision, that means there needs to be an alignment, right? And so, you know, whether the invitation to meet comes from the teacher or the invitation to meet comes from the coach or the invitation to meet comes to, you know, from the administrator, there just needs to be this, um, this safe space to be able to say, hey, I need to need to talk to you. I just need some clarification on this. I need to check in with you to see if what I'm doing is in an, is still in alignment with what the ultimate goal is. You know, um, in my experience, just working in the school environment, my best work happened in schools where I felt comfortable and safe collaborating, engaging, asking questions challenging questions, challenging motives. And, and when you create this system where um, your staff feels comfortable knocking on your door saying, hey, can I talk to you? If not now, can, can you um, let me know when your next availability is? Because I'd love to talk to you about this situation. Um, I think when you have that environment where people feel like their voice is heard and that they're um, solutions to maybe a challenge or a problem are valued, um, there's a, a shift in the dynamic that happens where students really start to thrive because your staff feels like, okay, I can make some progress here. I can grow here. Um, the things that I'm doing in my classroom, even if it's not effective right now, I know that I have a team of support that is behind me saying, here are some additional resources and tools and strategies that might help. Um, it really is so impactful when you have, you know, a school climate where people just feel comfortable doing that. Um, you know, 
just in my personal experience, I re- in, in you know, I can think of my favorite district or the favorite school that I had, right? Where I just I thrived and that was because of my relationship I feel with administrators and they just created this space where, you know, the administrator would say if I have an opening on my calendar, the calendar was shared with everybody. If you didn't see anything there, you can schedule something there. You know, it was that type of dynamic. And um, so I definitely, you know, I, I, there, there's a need for both sides to really, it's a give and take, you know, you can't expect your administrator to always see or know who to check in with, even though there's, there are these regular um, evaluations that they have to do. There are, you know, the role is very broad, right? And so um, it, it definitely is a give and take and, and it comes from both sides. You, you both hit the nail right on the head here. And we, we've said this often on the show, there's, there's two ways to change the culture in a school district. If you're working at the teacher level, you do it through freebies and through food. And Yasha mentioned it. If you if you're going to be affecting the culture in the administrative offices, you do it through data. And I want to focus on that a little bit because I I, I totally subscribe to the idea that if you're going to have a meeting with your administrator, somewhere in that meeting you need to bring in numbers. I've done this. We've done this. This is what you're looking for. Based off of this, I was able to. These teachers have done this, and. One of the things that we did at FETC was we did our two-hour workshop all about productivity. And I showed them how do you build those data dashboards and how do you build those systems. Yasha, talk to me a little bit about how you recommend data collection be not only created, but showcased. Uh, Microsoft Forms, Google Forms, uh, SharePoint site. Like, What is your apps, your methods? Take us through that data collection and then also that data presentation uh part of the job okay um so the first thing i keep it simple like a google spreadsheet um or google excel sheet something like that and i keep track of exit tickets for specific lessons um so in my experience um with the school that I worked at, we were a standards-based school. And so it was easy for me to track all the standards and show the the progression if there was met if the standard was met if it was not met almost based on the data from the exit tickets so exit tickets was one um quizzes was another thing that we would do so of course i'm looking at quizzes on a weekly basis or whenever they were given um that would be a coaching meeting hey i noticed your class uh, this because for my co- for my cohort we agreed on a mastery level of 80 percent or higher for the class so if their class did not meet the goal of 80% or higher, it was an automatic reteach. Um, so that was something they did not have to come to me to ask, do I need to reteach this? It was, this is the norm. If it's not 80%, we're reteaching. And so I can see their quizzes. And so that's, like I said, a quick data meeting. I noticed this is the question that tripped them up. Let's re- let's go back in and strategize how we can represent this in a way that they can understand this concept better, maybe incorporate more visuals. Um, and so just really breaking down each component of what's building up to the summative assessment for the overall of that unit. And so um, we take data from interim assessments um, where they are in the, in the mid- middle of the year. We take data from iReady. 
doing them, you know, the fall to the to winter. So we would assess, you know, where do they do they need to still grow um, using the suggestions that I already provides? How can we implement this within our guided reading groups? And so it's really a breaking down of all of these data points um, that lead to this overall bigger story. And what I'm really trying to do before I present it to my administration, as opposed to be a data driven, I am going in being data informed, meaning what has this data informed me about? What is it telling me? What is it showing me we need to go? And after we understand the information that is providing, then we can plan on how to allow that to then drive our instruction. One of the questions that I come up with a lot when I meet with coaches is when do you have time to do all of this stuff? Because I think for many coaches, they want to put these data points together, but then they say, I don't have the time to, or maybe, you know, I'm not going to go into the coaches might not be comfortable using sheets in Excel and stuff like that. But I mean, what's your recommendation for coaches who say, I don't have the time to do that. I would tell them the same thing. I tell my teachers is to make the time. <laughs> you have to be strategic with your time and your planning and just schedule it. And so, you know, oftentimes as a coach, you hear teachers saying, oh, I'm behind in my grading or I'm behind on, on this and having my lesson plans in. How are you using your prep time? And so coaches, we have prep time too. We have times to read a report. You have, you know, you have a time that you can leave, but it's all about how you spend it. And so on my prep time, I'm being intentional with collecting data. Um, if I'm get there early in the morning, I'm looking at data. I have a, I had a set day every Friday. I'm making sure all lesson plans are in from the week before. You get what I'm saying? So just pretty much just scheduling it out and sticking to that as best you can. I know in the world of coaching, we get pulled here, we get pulled there. A teacher's out, we got to go and sub. Uh, we have to step into administrative roles sometimes, depending on the school environment. But as best as you can, schedule it out and stick to it. Now, Christina, Yasha seems to have a pretty amazing set of administrators that give her the opportunity to, to do all of that stuff, to check lesson plans. I mean, I, I, I'm going to push back and I'm just going to play devil's advocate on this because there's a lot of coaches that listen to this that are saying, I am not in that position. I am in a position where my supervisor doesn't understand me. I'm in seven or eight buildings. I'm in, you know, so many different situations where you're trying to be a coach that can have data meetings, but that's not always the ideal situation. Let me flip the coin for you, Christina. Mm -hmm. How can a coach who might not have a principal administrator with an eye for these things thrive in their positions? Let's say that you're walking in with all this data and you're ready to go and you got your, your proton pack and your ghost traps and they're like, yep, thanks. Just go do your job. I got you because maybe they don't understand the coaching role or maybe from their administrators, the coaching position or the goals of the coach haven't been described. I'd be willing to bet that's more coaches than the type of administrator that Yasha's describing. What's your thought? How do we help coaches that, that really are out there struggling and need that extra support? Yeah. So this is where I feel like collaboration is key. So I'm going to speak from this perspective of a school counselor, and I'm also going to speak from the perspective of a school counselor working in a middle school. So I've experienced this before where 
Um, again, you know, we're all wearing multiple hats, especially right now in 2024, um, you know, and it all looks good on paper, right? We're planning, we're saying, this is what we're gonna do. These, this is the data, this is how we're gonna implement it. This is, these are the strategies we're gonna use. The challenge is um, sometimes I feel is in manpower, right? And so you have to figure out a way to utilize all your resources. From the counselor perspective, I feel like this is a great place where your counselors come in um, because, and I, and I think, you know, counselors are underutilized in this way. Um, but I had the uh, benefit of being part of a school environment where they saw how impactful it could be to engage them into this process. Um, when we talk about uh, school-wide data and looking at um, you know, data regarding, you know, math and English, for example, and we're looking at whether students, you know, are, you know, succeeding in these areas or meeting standards or, you know, identifying students who need additional support. These are these are sessions where school counselors can be heavily involved. Um, for example, every quarter as school counselors, we would meet with the admin team. It would be the assistant principal, a school counselor and the um, department Head. So in this school environment, we had department leads. So, you know, one of the teachers for maybe, you know, the math teachers would be um, that leadership person who would bring that data to the meeting. And in this meeting, we would collaborative, you know, collaboratively assess the data to determine where the need was, where the gaps were, what the, you know, what we were going to target. And so what that did was it relieved the pressure of this being the role of that teacher who one needs to be in the classroom teaching, but also it didn't fall on the shoulders of just like the coach to identify what these, uh, you know, where these gaps were and what the need was. Um, when you, uh, because it doesn't take, you know, as a school counselor, I was able to come in not only to assess where students were academically, right, but I was also able to come to the table to say, okay, well, we have a large number of students who are, um, you know, experiencing this or their their data is not, you know, where it should be. And then I was able to then take that data and analyze a little bit further, and I was able to see, identify other groups of students within that group or population that needed additional support outside of the classroom and you know that ultimately transferred into the classroom because you'd see that you know their needs were being met but when you take an, a, a collaborative approach to do it and i think when you uh, of course there's like there are environments where you know you do have maybe a closed-minded administrator sometimes i think when they when administrators can't see a solution or don't know what that system could look like, they'll shut it down. But if you can come to the table and say, hey, this is what this could look like. Can we try this out? Are you open to trying this out? Um, I think that that can be very impactful. I wanna piggyback off of that because to that point, um, and to, your, to bring around, like fully answer the question, collaboration being key, um, having everybody play a role in that data so that it's not all on the coach, as you said, who may be split between multiple campuses. So maybe they build a relationship with that colleague, with their school counselor, um, with that team lead, and they say, hey, I'm not going to be in on this day. Could you do me a favor? Could you, you know, 
if you have time within your schedule, because they probably have a million things on their plate as well, but could you go and collect this for me? And so now at each school building, you have a team, or at least you have one to two people that are helping you out with the collection of the data, or maybe even helping you out with uh, creating a document to, to put it on that benefits them as well. So I think to that, that could be how they can, uh, help teachers and help coaches take that light that that load off um to collaborate with other people within those buildings um to help the collect the data and just disperse it and be a team when presenting it because even if you're a team presenting data sometimes it's harder for that um closed-minded administrator to shut down your next suggestion in response to it if you're listening to this right now and this is ringing a bell for you or if this is resonating with you in any way we would love to hear from you please reach out to us by email at feedback at teachercast.net or of course if you want to go over on our facebook instructional coaches group we would love to have you love to start this conversation with you we are here to help you it seems to me that coaches often fall into the category where they're in multiple buildings one principal gets it and the other doesn't or one building gets it and the other doesn't. And that's really frustrating, but that's really difficult at the same time. You know, you feel, you feel like, you know, one, you know, on a day you're successful, you're, you're, you're going at it. You feel like, you know, that job really well. And then you just hit that wall on those off days. How can a coach flip the building? Can they flip the building? What's your solution for any coach out there? That's, you know, one day it's great. The other day, like the, the principal doesn't even want me in the building. He's got his own agenda. Christina, you want to go first? Or you want me to ask? I will. I will. Um, I, up I, believe, <laughs> I believe transparency is key. Um, sometimes um, it's about really get into the table with the administrator and being very transparent about what the experience is like. I have found it to be um, rewarding in the end when I am able to sit down with that administrator and say, this isn't working. Can we figure out a way to make this work? And here's what's not working. And here are some things that I have in mind. I do strongly feel like when, when you do get to that table, it does have to be solution oriented, right? It can't be a, um, it can't be a session where you're just pointing out all the things that are wrong, um, but there are no solutions in the end. But I strongly feel like transparency is key. A lot of times, you know, we can get stuck in this cycle of you know, we're walking around campus and we're frustrated and we're bothered and we're annoyed. And, and, you know, it's not a fear of engaging with administrators, but sometimes I feel like we get, we allow ourselves to get to a point where we are no longer interested in, in transformation, right? Because we just kind of throw our hands up and say, whatever it is, what it is. But before you get to that point, if you can have a moment of transparency with that administrator and say, this isn't working, can we figure out something else? And ultimately, I believe that there's a place for everybody. And when your vision for educating students and working with teachers and leading 
is not aligned with the vision of the school, then you have the freedom to say, maybe it's time to move on to another school where it does align and where it does, where it does feed my soul and where I do feel like I'm making a difference. Um, don't allow yourself to get stuck and don't allow yourself to forget your why, because the reason why you are doing that role is to make a difference. Well said. So true. Well, yeah. <laughs> for, for so many reasons, if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, that is absolutely so true. If, if it's not aligning with your visions and your goals, do, do an inventory check sometimes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to ask another topic here that's been coming up, which is how do you get your principal or your administrators to re-engage teachers? Yeah. Mm for the use of a coach, right? And and again, we're at that point right now, the beginning of February, teachers are looking forward to that mid-season break already. They've got standardized tests. There's so much that they have to catch up on and do and prepare and get ready. The last thing that they want to do is to sit down with a coach for a data meeting. The last thing that they want to do is to give up precious instructional time for a coach to come in and coach, you know, like, how do you re-engage? What are those things? And, and look, you know, Hershey bars are great, but how, how do we re-engage if you are in a situation where it is a volunteer program and it's all based off of you and your personality walking in there? It's not a mandated coaching from the administrations. How can you re-engage your teachers to start to build your coaching stable again if you're finding that this time in the year things are slowing down a little bit or it's, it's been tough to get back into the saddle? Um, I would switch the focus to what the teachers want to focus on. Okay. Teachers know, generally know what areas they want more training on. They know what their areas of weaknesses and their strengths are, and they know what their students need better than the coaches, better than the administrators. And so what, at that point, I feel like we need to give teachers autonomy and elevate their voices and focus on what their goals are for their students, for their kids, for themselves, for the remainder of the year. And we shift, we align the schools, the school goals with the teacher's goals. And that's what we work towards. And I feel like at this point in the year, if this is something that the teacher is invested in, because this is something they came up with themselves, that should help them get uh, re-engaged and recharged for sure what do you think, I think teacher autonomy is huge but yeah <laughs> this is probably the most challenging question that I've, I've literally sat in meetings with administrators discussing this very topic of how to re-engage staff um I think there's, I think it's all dependent on the climate of the school. I think when, when teachers have, when teachers work in an environment where the overall environment is supportive, it's, it's thriving socially, right? The staff are, the staff feel like there's a community. The staff feel like there are friendships in some, in some cases. 
the staff feel like this, this place is a home. I feel like those factors are what make a difference when people start to get burned out. Um, it just an example of how the culture can shift things. You know, I worked at a middle school where, you know, every Wednesday it was like a potluck day. And so there, you know, you signed up for, you know, what you were going to bring. There was like a theme or whatever. And it was, it was really a time when staff would all go into the staff lounge, right? Because they're all there to meet up for food. But at the end of the day, you had all the staff in there during their lunch, you know, they're rotating out or whatever, but they really had a chance to engage in dialogue and really just sit in that, like, you know, you, you did have some who had a vent session, right? Like, oh, we're so tired. It's just, it's exhausting at this time of the year. And, and it is. And so when you have an environment that feels really engaging, for the staff specifically, um, I think that makes a big difference. I think that there's a lot of internal work that has to happen for people when you start to get burnt out. Um, and so externally, I think when you're able to, to create these environments where people are able to engage in this way, it does make a difference. Something else I want to add, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say celebrate wins as well. Celebrate the wins from the previous semester, from the first half of the school year, and acknowledge the work that the teachers have done already because teachers are doing great work. And I think oftentimes we wait until the end of the year to look at the whole picture and we acknowledge and celebrate based off of that. When in actuality, that's a strong way to re-engage teachers, to give them effort, um, to give them praise for their efforts and to show that you see that they see the work, you see the fruits of their labor that they have been putting in up until this point in the school year and to just pour into them to continue to do that, provide incentives. Um, all of those things I feel can help bring a stronger, closer community feel, that family feel, they feel celebrated, they feel valued, they feel seen, and they feel motivated to continue to work. It, it's an important thing to let the teachers know that you're on, your, on their side. Mm -hmm. I think for many coaches and, and, you know, for 10 plus years of me doing this, those conversations in the break room were always difficult because for many teachers, as you mentioned, Christina, that's, that's their time to exhale. Sure. But, but if you happen to be there and you're having those conversations, then sometimes uh, I'm going to raise my hand on this because I've committed this one many times. Your, you as a coach are still on, or sometimes you as a coach are having those conversations with, you know, you, you've got your coaching hat on, not your, you know, your colleague at on, how do you have those conversations without it being a coaching conversation? How do you, I don't even know if I'm asking this question the right way. You know, you, 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 your job is to let the teacher exhale and to build those relationships, but you're building those relationships so you can get your job done. Right. And mm -hmm. and you don't want to have a teacher go into the break room. And I mean, I've, I've had this one too. You the teacher walks into the break room, sees you there and they don't want to bother with you. Because they get the, oh, he's going to ask me how to use Google. Uh, you know, how do you build that wall yet break that wall at the same time? Yeah, I think it's just awareness. So um, when I go in the into the staff lounge, for example, 
as a school counselor. I know that when I go in that staff lounge, I'm going to hear teachers complaining about the very students that I work with, right? And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think everybody has to have a a moment where they are able to be their realest self and just kind of let it out because we're human, right? And so consciously, I'm aware of that. I know what I'm walking into when I go into the staff lounge. I walk in there and that hat comes off for a moment. And I just allow the teachers to be their, them, themselves in that moment. And But I've created those relationships with them and they know that about me. They know that, you know, they might say, oh, this student, right? But I know when we walk out that door and I go back into that class to do an observation on that student, and then I'm giving them some feedback or some suggestions on what might be effective, I know they're going for it. I know they are they're doing what they need to do to make sure that that student is successful in the classroom, right? So I think there just needs to be this uh, an awareness. Like you just have to know that sometimes it needs to be explicitly said. Hey, when we're not in this environment, it's okay to just yeah. be easy. Yeah, I think um, the same, allowing them to do that. So um, in my last school environment, we had this ongoing joke where we would say, okay, who am I talking to? Am I talking to Mrs. Chapman or am I talking to Yasha? And so, and that was like the thing, because then I say, well, which one do you need right now? And they say, I just need Yasha. Okay, well, Ms. Chapman is Mr. Chapman is gone. And so my coaching hat is off and they are who they are, and I'm just Yasha. And as Yasha, I just allowed them to vent. Now the line is I don't engage with them. So that's where the line is as a at a coach, as a coach. You don't agree. You just listen and you you validate their feelings and saying, I understand how you could feel that way. But you don't en- engage and say, oh, yeah, you're right, because I don't know what she was thinking when she made that announcement. That was crazy. You, so the, the line, the boundary has to be there, but it also gives you an advantage as a coach when they vent to you because then you can see what's kind of what's been weighing them down what's heavy you know where you can come in and provide that support okay she just shared something personal with me so i know her mind is not in the right space i'm not going to go give an evaluation today i'm not going to go do an observation you know i'm going to go and just support her with the kids matter of fact i'm going to go teach this lesson for her you know depending on the conversation and so those staff lounge uh interactions they can really be to your benefit if you know how to to like like what Christina was saying, show up. If you know how to be aware of what they need at that time and you can be who they need at that time. And that's the difference between walking into a class and saying, hey, how you doing? Or are you okay? Yes, right. exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we, we've done these topics about reconnecting or connecting with teachers and building it through the administrators in the summertime I love that we're taking the time right now to find the opportunity to have these conversations as we're starting that new year. Um, So there are some resources on TeacherCast that you can go to to find more information about this. But, you know, Yasha and Christina, I know you do work on this. Where can a teacher go maybe on your websites or where, where do you send teachers and coaches who are looking for more information about these different types of topics? Where do you turn? I do a wide Google search. 
<laughs> being honest. And then I just do like a scholarly search. I don't, I look for the most updated, nothing past five years. Um, I look at the top people in education. So a big, a lot of my work is around culturally responsive pedagogy and teaching and practices. So Zaretta Hammond is a huge uh, influence. I watch her. I read um, lots of coaching books. So just taking a piece of from everywhere, from journal articles, from influential people, um, sometimes even from social media and TikTok. They can some some things on TikTok really does help. Um, and so their their tips and honestly, just learning from the people around you, other coaches who are in the same position, but maybe in a different state um, that just has a different insight or just has more experience. So you can learn from anything and everyone around you. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm constantly learning, um, attending conferences, uh, look, watching out for webinars at week, watch, listen, listening out for the different, um, you know, events that are going on, um, connecting with other educators through LinkedIn has been very helpful. There are so many educators on there who are doing this work and really trying to um, provide professional learning experiences for educators. Um, I'm here in Indiana. Indiana has an amazing professional learning da database called Keep Indiana Learning. Um, if you um, are an educator, I believe you can go on there and, and create a free account. Um, the professional learning opportunities on there. There are a lot of free ones on there, but also some that, you know, are low cost that I feel are amazing. And, um, you know, whether you're going on there to learn new strategies to, to engage students, whether that you're learning how to review data and incorporate that into your systems, um, you know, in incorporating social emotional learning in the classroom, engaging with families. There are just so many different topics that you could um, explore on that site. So I, I would highly recommend you check that out. And maybe when you check that out, you know, your Google algorithm will start to change a little bit and then you'll start to see more of those come up, right? <laughs> For sure. There, there's certainly so many different places out there. We're going to make sure that we check out some of these links and stick them in our show notes over here. This again is Ask the Tech Coach episode number 152. Christina and Yasha, thank you so much. Uh, please come back on the show. I uh, would love to continue these conversations and, and, of course, start brand new ones. And thank you so much for being a part of this amazing episode. Christina, where can we go to find out more information about the great stuff that you're doing these days? Yes, please visit PersistEducationServices.com. Um, I provide a, a ton of resources helping uh, just to kind of um, help you engage with families and really bridge that gap in helping your students, um, creating systems of support for students. Um, I also provide consulting to schools. You can go to MTSSForEducators.com to check that out. And I look forward to connecting with you. Nice. And Yasha, where can we go to learn more about Elementary Education Evolved? Oh, for sure. You can go to www.lmedevolved.com. 
Nice. We want to say thank you out there for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed this. We are just getting started for the brand new year as we're trying to re-engage our teachers. We're trying to re-engage our instructional coaches. Please don't forget to check out our newsletter over at askthetechcoach.com. Every single week, we're going to be putting out some great stuff, and we hope that you guys have a chance to like and subscribe that as well as all of our podcasts and the other great content that's happening here on TeacherCast. And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach. On behalf of Yasha and Christina and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury. Reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.